Welcome parents. Are you tired of being the warden of homework, screen time, and sleep? Would you like to spend less time nagging and more time enjoying your teen? Then this episode is for you. Today, I'm joined by the parenting mentor, Sue Groner. Sue is the author of Parenting with Sanity and Joy, 101 Simple Strategies, the host of the Parenting Mentor Sessions podcast, and is a certified positive discipline parent educator. She is also a frequent guest expert on ABC, CBS, NBC, and Fox, to name just a few, and provides advice for many national publications and websites such as the Wall Street Journal, Parents, Real Simple, Today.com, HuffPost, and Katie Couric Media. Sue is going to provide us with some tips for guiding our teens without losing our own sanity. Welcome, Sue. Thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, my pleasure. So can you start with just a quick brief story? How did you become the parenting mentor? Well, I was a stressed out, anxious mother. What? <laughs> my, I was. <laughs> my kids are now 23 and 25. My daughter's actually about to be 26 and they're pretty much through those middle years, middle school, leading into high school. I was really stressed out and I was the warden and I realized as my kids got older, what a waste of time and energy and stress that was for me. Yeah. Obviously unpleasant for my kids, but but for me, it was unpleasant and it took a lot of the joy out of being a parent. And some of the things that I really worried about, I realized kind of went away or my kids just, it's who they are and they learn how to deal with those things. So I really wanted to start sharing that with other people. And I learned other tactics and strategies. And, and I read a lot and I started trying out different things. And then people kept asking me questions. How should I handle this? Or what do you think about that? Or, and I would give my ideas and say, I want to hear what you think, like, did it work or not? Yeah. Come back and say, you're better than our therapist. And, you know, you, your ideas were great. That worked amazing you should turn this into a business. And I kept yeah. hearing that. And so I did. Uh, I love it. And I think it is one of those topics that there's a lot of questions and people are often afraid to either ask because they think, well, my child's a teen. I've been parenting for 12 years. I should know what I'm doing by now, or don't think there are answers out there. Right. So the big thing that we, and what you just mentioned too, the big thing I hear a lot is they, we just feel like we have to ride our kids all the time. If we don't, they won't do anything. That's this belief, right? They won't do their homework. They won't get off their screens. What do you, what is kind of your first advice on, let's just start with homework. A parent that's worried that if they don't stay on top of their child's homework, mm -hmm. their child's going to fail. And then what? That's what I say. Yeah. And then what? Right? Yeah. If the child fails, then what happens? And that's what they don't want to know. They don't want to go there. They're, they're worried and afraid that if their child fails, then their entire life is, I mean, this is what they, they view. Like yes. their entire life is ruined. <laughs> they fail a class and now their entire future has been 
removed right. and they don't have a future. Right. This is, this is the belief. And so this is, this, that's a really good, that's kind of where I like to start because, you know, I believe that parenting is not an 18 year engineering project and making sure our kids do their homework and don't fail is part of that engineering project, yeah, right? It is. Turning them into these people with, you know, a resume that we think they need. However, they may end up with that, but can they deal with adversity? Right. And they, do they have coping mechanisms? Are they self-reliant? Do they have those skills that you that kids need when they go out into the world on their own, when they go to college? That's why so many kids are falling apart when they get to college because they don't have that stuff and they don't have someone riding them. Yeah. And all of a sudden it's like, oh my God, I don't know what to do. I can't handle this. Or if something doesn't go their way and mommy's not there to fix it, they don't know how to experience that right so in I, I really try to help parents first have this perspective shift because if you can kind of say all right I'm gonna get out of this engineering business and I'm gonna start thinking about everything I do with the goals of helping my child become resilient to develop problem-solving skills and coping mechanisms and become more self-reliant, then all of a sudden we're creating capable, emotionally healthy humans. Right. This is easier said than done. And yeah. I know a lot of parents, um, you know, you talk about it going, and I'll talk about ownership, like kids need to have ownership and homework is a big, important thing for them to have ownership. Mm -hmm. Parents are not... When they say I'm giving ownership in their mind, they mean, I'm going to trust you to do it the way I expect you to do it. <laughs> and right. then when they don't, <laughs> they take back ownership, which means we've never given ownership. So when you talk to parents and you say, we've got to allow our kids to figure this out, how do we let go of that fear that if we let go, our kids are going to not only fail which we fear, right? But they're gonna, they're gonna ruin their future. How do we get past that mindset? Well, I think the ruining the future thing is takes some digging to see what does that actually mean? And that's ruining the future the way you want them to right. live. And so like, we really need to step back and it is, like you said, it's very hard. However, if you want to have a good relationship with your kids, this is a big step. Yeah. And, you know, it's not, don't just drop the ball and say, fine, you're on your own. I'm done. Yes. Like, you know, which a lot of parents just like, okay, I'm done. That doesn't work either. It started to think of being on the same team as your child, mm -hmm. but your child becomes a little, as they get older, they become a little bit more of the manager of the team than you do. Right. And you're going to be there to have conversations 
and talk and no judgment, which is also really hard. Yep. But there's, you can start to learn the language around that. All right. Something happens, you know, wow, you were up really late last night, weren't you doing your homework? Yeah, I was. Wow. Do you want a cup of tea this morning, honey? Okay. There was no judgment. You acknowledge that your kid was up really late. Kid was probably stressed. You're doing something kind and loving. That is it. You know, you don't need to say, oh, you're going to need a nap later before you blah, blah, blah. Or, you know, I hope you don't screw up that test because you're so tired. Like those are, those things are okay to happen because they're learning. You know, this is all, and you know, we talk so much about failure and mistakes and how important those are. And they are, and we do learn a lot from them. However, I hate those words. Those (laughs) words are so negative. Yeah. Like I like to think about the growth thing as trial and error, because to me, trial and error assumes that it's not going to work the first time or the second or the third, or maybe even the 10th, yeah. but it's a really important skill to learn. And it's also a way to not be hard on yourself as a, the person going through it or hard on your child, if you're helping them learn this process. And so if homework is an issue, which I want to get back to that, cause I know that's important to your listeners you know, it's worth a conversation. Say, hey, you know, I noticed that, you know, the homework thing is such a pain for you, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Yes, I hate my, I hate doing all this homework and I have so much and da, 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 da. You know, maybe there's some ways around this that may make it a little more, a little easier for you, a little more efficient. What we did with our kids And it was somewhat helpful. And, you know, you can say, hey, you know, I heard about this, you know, this block system, you know, where if you you find two hours in your schedule and you just do your homework for two hours, you have no distractions, no nothing, and then you're done. You're just completely done. And then you have all this extra time instead of, you know, all the stuff that you're doing in between and then knowing that it's on your back of your shoulders and like, you know, that you still have to get it done and the stress of that. What do you think about that idea? Are you interested in giving that a try? Do you want to get a planner? Let's put, or put this in your calendar on your computer, see where you can find a block, a homework block. But be careful when, if you do recommend this, suggest this, mm-hmm. that you're not saying you have to do this because if kids feel like you're pushing it down their throats, they're going to rebel, mm-hmm. you know, and just say, Hey, it, that's one idea. You know, what do you, how else do you think you might be able to do it? You know, some people love using timers for a certain piece of the homework that you just, you break it up like that. And then, you know, at the end of the day, it's like, 
sweet, you know what? This is your homework. Yeah. I've decided to get out of the business of being your homework warden. You're a teenager. You do not need me to do this. And I don't think it's good for either of us. So I want you to know I'm here to support you. I'm here to brainstorm ideas on how to make this more productive and easier for you, but I'm not going to nag you about your homework anymore. And if it gets done, great. And if it doesn't, you can deal with your teachers, but I am think that it's time for you to do this on your own. Yeah. How do you feel about that? And that's the conversation. And that is respectful and loving and empowering. It is. I, I think the big thing too, Sue, is the fact that it is their homework, not our homework as the parent. And I think it's very difficult. And what I see as a challenge with parents is to draw that line between them, the child and the parent. And I feel like parents have so much, feel so much responsibility for what their kids do, who their kids are, how their kids do it. Like everything reflects on them and it becomes more about us then our kids learning for them, for themselves, what's best for them, who are they, what matters to them, because it isn't the same as what matters to us. And it shouldn't be because they're not us. Exactly. It's a very difficult line to draw is letting go of that responsibility while still being supportive. And so I love those examples you just provided on how to do that, because none of this is about judgment or See you, you're failing on your own. You should be doing, you know, none of it's that it's just, I'm here to help you figure it out, but you're figuring it out. Right. Right. And, and I think it's important almost to have your own little mantra so that when you are getting stressed out by it, they're not doing what they said. They're not doing their home. Like you really need to say, I'm out of this business. Yeah. I am no longer the homework warden. This is not my homework. And you need to just, and then go somewhere, you know, go for a walk, do something, take up a hobby for God's sake, you know, <laughs> exactly. like, seriously, and worry about your own thing. Like, yeah, I mean, just start doing something that you enjoy. And in, and every time that you think, oh my God, like I need to be on my kid to do that. Start doing this thing you like. I love that. And the beauty of that is every single teenager I talk to, the most stressful part and the part they hate most about their homework is the fact that their parents are constantly checking in and writing them on it and telling them how to do it. And so they push it away because of how their parents interact with it. Mm -hmm. So if we let off, suddenly homework's not even as stressful. Yeah. We're making it worse. Making it worse. Yeah. And so I love that you're talking to the kids and hearing this because it validates everything for the, and for the parents that are listening, like really listen to that. I know they're telling us like, no, it's not easy, but oh my God, you're going to change the climate of your home significantly. If you can do this in a loving way, like that's really key to like, just practice it in front of the mirror that there's no snark in your voice, you know, cause that's, 
important. It's not like I've had it. I'm done with you and your homework. You deal with it yourself. Like if even that tone comes out in the words you're saying, if they're not like that will make a difference. So the tone really has to be, you know what, honey, this is ridiculous that I've been like bugging you about your homework so much. Like, I know how much that bothers you. I know that you can handle this. It bothers me too. I'm going to really work on stopping. You know, I really want to get out of this business so that, you know, I know you can handle it. What do you think about that? Yeah. Loving, kind. That's it. Now, Sue, tell us the benefits of doing it this way because over the staying as the drill sergeant, because again, as much as, and I know you talk about this with parents too, as much as I talk about it with parents, it is just hammered in us, hammered, hammered in us that as a parent, it is our job to stay on top of every single thing that they do and, and judge and criticize and correct, because this is what we do as a parent. Like parenting is defined as people are like, well, I'm not parenting if I'm not constantly correcting and judging and criticizing and fixing everything they do. How do we change? What is parenting if we don't do that? Want to know where that parenting book is. (laughs) I know. Exactly. I don't, I've never, I don't think that's the role of a parent at all, but this is what we see over and over and over again. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, first of all, I mean, because of what I do, I mean, my goal as the parenting mentor is to help parents be happier and more relaxed. Yep. So there's a big one right there. You stop worrying about your kids' homework, you're going to be happier and more relaxed. Like yep. that's a huge thing to take off your plate. And know that instead of feeling like the bad parent, you're actually doing your kid a huge favor. A number of favors, actually. You're no longer nagging them. So now they can just do it on their own. You're also allowing them to start figuring things out. Let them start dealing with the time management. Let them deal with their procrastination. Let them deal with what it feels like to stay up really late and wake up early the next morning, or maybe even not and miss the bus. You know, like this stuff's okay. Yeah. It is okay for this to happen. And instead of thinking them of them as problems, they are opportunities. They're yeah. opportunities for your kids to develop problem-solving skills and self-reliance and coping mechanisms and ultimately resilience. Every time you fix something for your child, every time you prevent something bad from happening for your child, you are preventing them from developing all those things. Yep. And you're not helping them. You're ultimately really squashing their ability to be healthy human beings yeah. who can handle whatever it is life throws at them. And life will throw stuff at them. And you won't be there to pick it up. And you shouldn't be there to pick it up. And I'm sure I'm hearing like, okay, but what do I do when my kid like does something wrong when something mm-hmm. happens? like, yeah. Do I let him get trouble, away with it? Or this happens or if that happens yeah. or, you know, there's not a lot for you to do. Your kid doesn't get to 
you know, was late for practice or your kid forgot their cleats and you didn't bring them because you told them you don't do that anymore also. Yeah. Right. And so they miss practice and then they're going to miss the game and they're really bummed. And you know what? If it was me, I would be really bummed too. And so that is okay. And it is okay for them to be bummed. And the thing to do is to say, I get it. I don't blame you for being really pissed off. That's a really harsh rule. You know, you work so hard normally. And you know what? That's a harsh rule that, you know, if you miss one practice that you don't get to play the game. Yeah. Sucks. Really sucks. Let me give you a hug, honey. And that is it. And yeah. you don't say, well, next time you'll remember your cleats you know, or next time you'll do this or no, they know that they're smart kids. All you need to do is validate those feelings and be there with love and support. You do not need to fix anything. And you know what? Your kid will get through it. They won't play that game. They'll sit on the bench and they will be fine. Mm -hmm. They will be fine and may happen again or something else is going to happen like that but they'll now have some experience and they'll see that they're fine what you have just defined is how consequences are supposed to work mm -hmm. and i think we have um, redefined consequences to just use it as another word for punishment, because we know punishment doesn't work. Right. So we just changed the name of it, but yeah. we didn't change it. Right. So we like to always throw in all these consequences. If you don't do what I say, the way I want you to do it, there's consequences, which is usually taking a phone away. Right. Which is really just making them hurt for not obeying you. And it's not teaching them natural consequences for natural behaviors. And so everything you just described is they learn from natural consequences. That's the way they learn and they own it. Mm -hmm. And what I also see, which is remarkable, is even when kids do, I know staying away from fail, but do do the error. Yeah. When they are able to do the error on their own terms and they're able to have support to fix it, that's when their confidence grows. That's when their improved attitude grows. That's when their joy and like enjoyment for life grows. When we take all that and we own it and we take it from them, that's when they have attitude. They're miserable. They hide up in their room because they're like, I can't breathe and live in this home because none of it's about me. Yeah. It's like, you don't think I can handle anything. Yeah. And yeah. And, and, in being punitive to your kids really doesn't work. Like, I mean, it may work at the moment. It may help you feel in control of a situation that you're feeling out of control of, but you will not really help your child. And you certainly won't help your relationship with your child. No. It's and just so mean. It's just being mean. Take <laughs> the punitive out. If you validate how your child feels when they've done something that didn't work out the way they wanted it to. Yeah. Even if they got in trouble, mm -hmm. instead of getting angry, validate, have a conversation. Well, you know, what do you think you might do differently next time, honey? 
and hear what they have to say, because that's where the learning is. And you know what, if you want them to come to you and share with you stuff that's going on, you got to be like this, because if you're going to, they're going to, I'm afraid to tell my mother, she's just going to yell at me and she's going to do this and that and take away my phone and not understand. Why would I possibly want to share? Yeah. Now, Sue, I want to ask you, because here's where people get very confused too, or kind of start, start disagreeing is that suddenly it sounds like we're being permissive. So a lot of parents start hearing this and going, so I just let them do whatever the heck they want. And I don't say anything about them. And I just let them walk all over me and ignore homework and do it, get, be on their phone all the time. Is that what you're saying? I just nope. do nothing. Okay. So where's that middle ground? Rules. Mm. My, my um, little parenting method thing, clear mm -hmm. communication, love, empathy, awareness, rules, and respect. And so you gotta have rules. If you don't have rules, then, you know, you're looking at a jit storm basically. Right. If you don't have rules or if you do have rules and the rules are too stringent, perhaps your kids need to be part of the rulemaking mm -hmm. because you want them to have skin in the game. And so, you know, honey, let's talk about X, Y, or Z. You know, if your kid loves to play video games, say, you know, how much time do you, how much time do you, you know, with all the stuff you've got going on, you know, how much time do you think is reasonable for video games? I get why you like to play it. I know it clears your mind. It does this. It's just a break from, you know, working so hard in school all day and having all this homework and, how much time do you think is reasonable? And hear what they have to say. Oh mm -hmm. my God, your kid will be like, wait, what did you just ask me? Yeah. You know, and say, and then listen. And it may seem like a little more than you might have suggested. It may be less than you thought your kid would suggest. Either way, say, okay, you know what? Why don't we give that a try for two weeks? And then let's, can reconvene and talk about it and see how it's working out. Yeah. The key is they need to manage the time by themselves. Mm -hmm. You can't be now, you can't be the video game warden, the screen time warden either. And that's part of it. And you need to say, you know what, sweetie, but it's really important to me that you manage this time on your own. How do you think you can do that? I'll set a timer on my phone. Okay, cool. You know, and you say, you know, sometimes like when I set a timer for myself, if I'm in the middle of something, like sometimes I set it like a warning timer because it's really hard for me to stop like the minute the alarm goes off. You might want to try that too. Yeah. But I'm giving a suggestion and that's it. And if it doesn't work for two weeks and you're like, you know, biting your nails, biting your tongue because you're not going to say anything, I promise you that if your kid is on playing video games for 30 minutes more a day for two weeks, this will not, 
in any way change their life in the future. Like you need to know that it's okay. Like take a deep breath because it's not going to make a difference. What will make a difference is the way they learn to manage their time. What will make a difference is the way you respect them and include them in the rulemaking and in the process and the trial and error and the no judgment. That will make a huge difference. Yeah. I think what's amazing with that too is when we show our kids respect and we respect their boundaries and we respect their ideas, um, they all of a sudden respect us a lot more. I think parents feel worried that if I respect them, they're not going to respect me. And it works the other way around. When we disrespect them, they don't respect us. Yeah. And you know what? That are the clear is always the hardest one. And yeah. even for me, when my kids were younger, it was like, no, wait, I'm your parent. You respect me. Yeah. But it's not that kind of like speaking to me with respect. Don't be rude. And of course, yes, I don't, I want to speak to my kids with respect and I don't want to be rude to them either. And I expect them to be the same to me. However, this means I respect your opinions. I respect your ideas. I respect your intelligence. I respect your abilities to get things done, to think about things. To And then you start having interesting conversations with your kids. What's going on? There's so much to talk about in, yeah. going on in the world. Yeah, getting to know them as a human being because they aren't us. Mm-hmm. And so they have their own views and passions and perspectives and ideas. And I, I find that age group absolutely fascinating because they haven't been put into, uh, they haven't been like, I guess, socialized yet to the point of no longer having their own ideas and thoughts, but being told what, <laughs> what is true and what is yeah. not. And you they know question what? everything. We were raised differently. There's so much out there that the way people, you know, younger people are thinking about things that it's so great to have yeah. this conversation to say, you know, wow, I was talking to my friend about this. And, you know, we realize like that you're growing up so differently. Like, what's your perspective on this? Yeah. You know, what's your, what are your and your friends? Do you, friend, do you guys agree? You know, get into these interesting conversations. They will love to talk to you about them. They do a lot more than talking about their status of their homework. That if your kid is a procrastinator, let it go. Yeah. I have a procrastinator, my daughter. She went to college. She went to grad school. She has a great job that she loves, something she's always wanted to do since she was in sixth grade. Mm-hmm. And you know, she's a genetic counselor, actually. And she knew she wanted to go into genetics. And she even... She did very well, but she's still somewhat of a procrastinator. It's who she is. It's the way she's wired. You know, I'm wired differently than my husband is. You know, I I think differently. My mind works differently. And chances are that your kids each are wired differently too. And so the more we go at them with the way we want them to get things done, it doesn't work. Yeah. And I I think we just have to give them the space and the respect and let them 
figure things out a little. Say, if you want to brainstorm some ideas with me, I'm always here. If you want some support, I'm always here. Here's a key for teenagers. No unsolicited advice. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. It will not be heard. Big one. (laughs) Yes. Do not. It will not. It will be the last thing they will do then. If that's the advice you give them, then you've just taken that option off the table. I remember I went into my daughter's room. She was like a sophomore, junior in high school. And she'd been trying to figure something out. It was a big, I don't remember what it was, but of course I was thinking about it. And I went into her and I'm like, Victoria, I thought of this great idea for you. And she's like, mom, stop. She actually said, I don't want to hear it because if you tell me I'm not going to do it and I want to figure this out on my own. And that was the last time I ever did that. Like it was such a great aha moment for me. Yeah. That is a big one. And that showed respect by not sharing it, mm-hmm. by giving her the space to figure it out on her own in the way. And how much more did she learn by figuring it out than right. if you had told her? Right. Like that was the learning, not the solution, but the actual getting to the solution was what deve- she helped develop, which is amazing. You know, and- I think we really have to think about how we like to be treated too. So like yeah. if your kid comes home, and walks in and you can see they are in a really bad mood and they slam the door and you know you have two choices you can say don't slam the door or you can say wow honey looks like you had a rough day and if your kid says i had a really bad day and this is what happened just listen and validate. Wow. That sounds like a really bad day as opposed to, well, did you talk to your teacher? Did you do this? Why didn't you do that? Oh, listen, all that stuff comes from a place of love, our experience. We want to help, but it is just heard as judgment. It's heard as my parent doesn't think I did the right thing. I didn't handle it right. And I'm an idiot because I didn't know to do those things. And then it all goes downhill. Well, then they learn never to share anything with you. And that's what I hear from kids all the time, that they actually want to have better relationships with their parents. They want to talk to their parents, but they don't trust that their parents will respond in a way that is useful. Mm-hmm. They their fear, my parents are going to overreact. My parents are going to try to fix it. My parents are going to think bad about my friends or they're going to think bad. They don't trust them. And so we need to trust our kids first and And that's hard. Think about this conversation that you and I are having that like for these, I mean, I deal with like the everyday issues, Mm -hmm. right? This is just the everyday stress and anxiety that just kids have that we have as parents. Uh, When our kids aren't fitting into our little engineering project thing, we think they need to go to therapy, that there's something wrong with them. Yeah. And yet the solutions can be for the everyday stuff can be pretty easy if you just kind of back off. Yes. A hundred percent. Absolutely. A hundred percent. I think that's the biggest thing. And it's so hard for parents to do because we feel like we're not parenting if we're not fully embedded in everything. 
And I think we can be engaged in our kids' lives without being intrusive in our kids' lives. Engaged just means interested. It means talking to them. It means just being aware of what's going on. It doesn't mean controlling and guiding and telling everything that they do. We've got to let go. And it's, it just seems to be a very difficult thing for parents to do. And you know what, at some point they will ask you your advice. Yeah. I mean, I remember the phone call I taught her in college and I think she was like beginning of her sophomore year and said, mom, I need to ask your advice on something. And I'm like, I'm sorry. What did you say? I can't <laughs> Can I record that please? Yeah. Awesome, happy. And now she always does. And I'm like, yeah, happy to have conversations. But again, it's like when your advice is asked for, it's only advice. And you can't be wed to the fact that they're going to take it either. Absolutely. Most of the time, they probably will not. They'll be like, thank you for telling me I will go do the opposite. Like, okay. And you know, (laughs) if your kid comes to you and asks advice, ask them first. Well, what do you think? Yeah. That's what I would say. You know, what do you think? Yeah. And, and see what that conversation looks like then you're helping them to problem solve. If you ask, if you let them start that conversation. Yeah. So you basically to stop being the warden of homework and screen time and sleep is to just stop being a warden (laughs) of all of those things and give your kids a little bit of freedom, as scary as that is, and a little bit of space to start figuring it out. And the one thing I want to add to that is what your kids do and who they are today is not who they're going to do and how they're going to do stuff when they're older. We're not the same as we were when we were 14, thank God. You know, so I think a lot of parents think, well, if I allow my kid to do it this way now, they're going to be 45 and still doing it this way. No, they're not. You know what? They're not. I joke that I have the benefit of the retroactive crystal ball. And so I can assure you that that is true, that, you know, if you don't, you don't need to fix things so they will be different as adults. I mean, oh my gosh, the changes that happen. And and you know what? Sit back and watch this show. It's a really fascinating one to see how kids evolve. It is. Really is. And take advantage of that because you have this privilege to watch. Yeah, that is so true. I love that. Okay, Sue. So how do people find you? Uh, my website is easy, theparentingmentor.com. I'm on Instagram and TikTok giving little tips. Um, and that's uh, at the parenting mentor. Um, my book and my podcast are on my website. And, you know, you can email me, sue at theparentingmentor.com, that you can reach out to me through my website or DM me. But you're I'm, all over I'm around you're I'm everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> well Sue thank you so much I'm so grateful you could join us today uh, this was a great conversation I hope it helps 
Oh so. yeah, I'm, I'm sure it will. And thank you parents for taking time out of your busy day to spend with us. I really appreciate you too. If you want to learn more about how to help your teens thrive, you can grab my top 10 secrets for raising teens at askdrcam.com slash parenting tips. Until next time, stay curious. Remember, there's always more to the story than what you see. And that's a wrap. Thanks for joining me today on Parenting Teens with Dr. Cam. Make sure to visit my website, www.askdrcam.com, where you can subscribe to the show in iTunes, Stitcher, or via RSS, so you'll never miss a show again. While you're at it, if you found value in this episode, I'd appreciate a rating on iTunes, and hey, why not share it with a friend too? Be sure to tune in to my next episode. And remember, parenting teens may not be easy, but with my help, it can be a whole lot easier than this.